Good morning. Welcome to Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci here with the Chief Will Priester on this Monday morning. A lot of NBA action over the weekend, my man, Chief. How you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, not so good in terms of lineup building. Uh, obviously, I think we kind of bombed the, the early slate. But I will say this, uh, you know, the late slate looks semi-promising right now. I'm hoping every if – if it could just end right now, I'd actually feel really good about it because I'd end the day profitable. But, hey, we won't get into that. Uh, but, man, listen, I'm excited, man. I think we got a good thing going here, man. So I, I'm, I'm glad you're born and I, I have fun on all these podcasts, man. And thank you guys for, for listening to us too. And I know this, this is a little different with the – you know, uh, Carlucci show, but uh, I'm having tons of fun. Same here. Give us a like, subscribe, give us some feedback. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. Since the restart, we've been having a ton of fun. We've had a lot of our listeners do really well. We appreciate you guys. We like the shout outs. We like hearing your success stories. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Over there on Roto Grinders, we got a lot of great premium content. It's worth every penny. Expert survey, get to see a little bit of what everybody thinks every day. Our projections are awesome and, and updated like that in the snap of a finger. Ownership projections, you name it. Premium Discord chat where we, we pop in on the reg during the day. And all of us analysts just to chime in, you know, got questions. People tag us. We have some conversations. It's a good group of people we got there in our premium Discord. Definitely check it out at Roto Grinders. A lot of good packages, a lot of good stuff. Man, wild weekend. If you could recap your Sunday in a nutshell – I know both of us kind of had a roll with the punches here. A lot of volatility Uh, over the weekend as a whole, a lot of stuff we can't predict. A lot of coaches doing some weird stuff. We knew it and we know it's coming this time of the year, but it's hard to pinpoint it before it happens. Yeah, for sure, man. I I think this is, and really this is where the tournament mind, I think really comes into play. You want to take down some GPPs uh, late in the season. I think you've got to get slightly creative. I don't think you have to veer away too much. So, for instance, we talked about this last week. There are certain teams you are, you know for sure they're going to play their guys. Phoenix is a team that has to play their guys. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are a team that has to play their guys. Even the Spurs, if they want to get in, they have to play. Portland, they have to play their guys. In the East, it's pretty much about set. Uh, you know, Washington, uh, those guys are already out. We don't have to worry about them coming up, creeping up behind someone. Um, but all these teams that are still in the hunt – I think those are the teams that we want to target their primary options. Lakers, uh, some of the the, uh, the Clippers, some of these teams that have that have already made it. I'm just not sure that they're going to be playing playing the same minutes. But you know, these other teams and out out west. Uh, once again, Memphis, Portland, San Antonio is a little bit closer now. Phoenix has won every game in the bubble. How about Phoenix? I keep talking about Phoenix, folks. They play again tomorrow against OKC. I'm expecting them to win. Uh, (laughs) Until they prove me wrong, I'm expecting them to win again, which would make them 32-39, and which would make them right behind Portland. Uh, Memphis lost again. They're now 33-38. and It's a a close race. Pelicans are already out. Sacramento's already out. I – I like Phoenix as a dark horse to get in. I, I really do. They're playing some good basketball. It's fun. They have really nothing to lose. They're so young that they don't know they're that young kind of thing. You know, like they don't they don't feel any pressure. People say that kind of stuff about young teams. And it's kind of true. I mean, 
if they sneak in, that is a mega accomplishment for the Phoenix Suns with just how it's been since the Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, Nash days. They haven't had any consistency up front in the office. The head coach has been in and out. Finally have some franchise players to build around and Devin Booker and DeAndre in the middle. And Cameron Johnson's really coming on. He's one of the guys, a really young wing player. He's having a hell of a restart. So I like the Suns too. Yeah, man. And, and here's the thing. If you're a smaller market team like the Suns and you get in the playoffs and you win two or three games against the Lakers, what does that do for free agent season when one of the big free agents comes up and they're like, you know what? Phoenix is one piece away. It's fun. It's energetic. Phoenix is starting to remind me in this bubble. Let me just say this in the bubble of the old Sacramento Kings. When they got Chris Weber and they got Vladi Divac and Doug Christie, Mike Bibby, Bobby Jackson, they're starting to remind me of that team where, you know, they just kind of come out of nowhere and all of a sudden they go on a tear and they get in and, and they win a few and, and, you know, they pick up a star and, and they, 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 they instantly improve. So, uh, I'm starting to like the Phoenix Suns in this bubble. I'm actually hoping they can win tomorrow. And let's see if we can really get some good action in a Phoenix-Portland matchup later on down the line. Those are some fun teams. You mean name drop Mike Baby and Stojakovic, too, oh, you know, a little Peyton. later. Yeah. Sniper, sniper. Yes, yeah, Sunday was wild. You saw the Celtics beat Orlando in overtime. Portland eked out the Sixers. Joel Embiid got hurt and didn't return. I played two optimal lineups on the main slate. I had Embiid in one and Derek White on the other. It's just been one of those weeks for me. Embiid was 40% owned in the 1600 GPP on FanDuel, so that probably had a lot of people pretty tilted. Obviously, he had a nice matchup with Portland there. Dame Dalla went off after all the drama after Saturday with Pat Beverly and Paul George and all that. Really nice bounce-back game for Lillard. How about the Sixers hanging in there? Absolutely no. I don't know what Brett Brown is doing. He's like limiting Tobias Harris all of a sudden in the fourth quarter when he should have all the usage in the world. He was one of my favorite supposed plays today. Uh, geez. At least the good thing is maybe Brett Brown will get canned after the season. But Portland got a W, held off the Sixers without their two best players. Uh, and right now, you know, just, just saying, Austin Rivers is going to have over 50 fans will points tonight. So welcome to the end of the NBA regular season, Chief. Yeah, and listen – me and you both tilted, tilt entered the late slate. And, you know, we talked about my exposures and I'm well over the field on Austin Rivers. So, I mean, barring some catastrophe, I should be able to squeak out a pretty good finish here in the late slate. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I'm well over the field on Austin Rivers. I just, well, I said that now and I opened up my app and my earnings are gone. So someone's already passed me. But either way, I've got plenty of Austin Rivers. Good call. Good call, Chief. Anyway, new week, clean slate. Regular season's going to wrap up by the end of this coming weekend. Kudos to the NBA and Adam Silver for, for the bubble. The bubble has gone about as well as it probably could have been with everything. I haven't had any positive COVID tests. Not a lot of drama. You haven't publicly heard a lot of complaints either with how vocal the NBA players are. And Adam Silver lets everyone have a voice, really. You really haven't heard much. You know, there's some running jokes in the beginning about the food and all that. And Lou Will went out to Magic City to get some chicken wings. But it's been it's been rimmed. Like, it's been a pretty tight ship over there in Orlando. So, things are going pretty well. We're, we're going to get some playoff basketball. And, and barring something crazy, it's uh, it should be exciting. And we're going to start this, this last week here with a five-game slate on Monday. And we'll just kick it off right from the get-go to 2.30 game. 
is those Phoenix Suns we just talked about. They're going to play Oklahoma City coming off a win against the Wizards on Sunday. Yeah, man. And once again, man, I'm going to try to take the FanDuel pricing. If you can uh, take the DK pricing, uh, that would be uh, outstanding. I, I, I like Phoenix in this spot. Um, I, I like what they're doing. I think they're playing really well. Um, I, I do think o- OKC wants to win. I know Chris Paul is going to try to keep them competitive. But I, I just see Phoenix really wanting to get into the playoffs right now. Uh, I don't think they're a better team than Portland but I like what they're doing. We've got DeAndre Ayton at 7,700. I think that's a great price. If, if Steven Adams is out, he's going to be uh, a favorite play of mine. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a sensational price for a guy that's been putting up 40 plus most of the games in the bubble. Uh, you talked about Cam Johnson. He's up to 5k now on FanDuel. So you will have to make some really uh, a good, de- uh, uh, make some strong decisions about whether or not you want to play him. Uh, if if the two centers are out again, the Gallinari didn't play uh, a whole lot today. He played 21 minutes against Washington, put up 28 fantasy points. But if the two centers are out again, I'm actually very interested in Danilo uh, Gallinari for, at 5,300. I think that would be a fine price. SGA is just kind of an okay play, 7,100. And then Chris Paul, the, guy, uh, the, uh, the Paul father, uh, is, is 7,500. Don't hate that price either. Um, but – at some point, I'm expecting some of these guys to sit. Not sure it's going to be today, but um, that, that's just kind of where I'm at in terms of OKC on FanDuel. Yeah, we're big fans of, of Danilo over here at RG without Dennis Schroeder, and especially if they're without Steven Adams. Sun, Sunday in a, net, in a nutshell here. Yeah, I had two unfortunate injuries. Like I had the two people all day that got hurt during the games on both of my teams. But before the slate, everybody's like, all right, Steve Adams probably going to play. Noel Noel's pretty much a free square. We know what his upside is, alone up blocks and steals, and he has a great matchup against Memphis. All right, then, what, 11.30 Eastern-ish, off the top of my head. Well, Steven Adams is going to play. So I'm like, you know what? I'm looking at Steven Adams. I'm like, he's good enough to play. I might consider playing him at about 6K-ish or whatever on DK. We saw what happened Saturday when Donovan Mitchell was questionable for 24 hours and he dropped a 50 bomb. Jamal Murray plays his first game in the bubble and plays 39 minutes. So, come on, Mike Malone. So, help us out here a little bit. So, I'm looking at that and I'm like, you know what? I don't really have a lot of reservations. If Adams is good to go, he's a tough dude. He likes playing. You know, he had uh, you know, was it? Who did Oklahoma City play? Was it uh, Washington? I was kind of licking my chops with Thomas Bryant. I know I said Memphis before, but I knew it. I knew it was Washington. You know, Thomas Bryant doesn't play any defense. Then all of a sudden, oh, Steven Adams out. In the same breath, 30 seconds later, Noel is scratched too. So there goes option one and one B right out the window with about an hour before clock. So this is this is <laughs> this is it, guys. You're playing NBA. You got to be connected. We stress that all the time. Don't go to the grocery store before, right before lock. You know, I, you're, you might be losing some money if you're not up to date before that first game starts. That, that's just the way it is. There is no other sport that's like this. This is a different beast, a different creature. Yeah, that for be, sure, man. That being said, I'm curious to see. It's a back-to-back. I think Adams will be good to go if he almost played today. I, I, don't, see, I, I don't see any problems here tomorrow. Uh, DK, big price discrepancy on Danilo. You said he was 53 on FanDuel. He's 62 on DK. DK's pricing is generally more aggressive right now. So, you know, those 6K guys on DK are usually like 55 or 5K flat on FanDuel kind of thing. It's not the way it was a year or two ago. You know, you kind of have to just put that into perspective. The, the, you know, they say 40 is a new 30. 
or was that Jay Z song? Thirty is the new twenty. Well, six K <laughs> is the six K is the new five K on DK, and seven K is the new six K. You kind of got those guys in, in these different tiers now, and it just is what it is. If you're gonna play a bunch of five K guys, you know they're gonna be vol- volatile, pretty volatile. And in that game, you see a guy like Bridges at forty nine. You know, uh, Cam Johnson's fifty two. He's been getting a ton of minutes, but he has been volatile in the bubble. Uh, you know, Gallinari's up there at sixty two. He was typically in the past priced anywhere between five and six, usually the mid fives and something like that. You know, Steven Adams at 64. Uh, you know, then he got Aiton up at 8K, who was like 7,200 like a week ago. So so this game is tough for me um, with, with the price increases here. Uh, Devin Booker's 8,700. I think he's like the fifth or sixth most expensive player on the slate. But the Phoenix Suns have some serious momentum. So if I want to roster someone in this game, I'm, it's probably going to be Devin Booker for me. And I'm just looking at, at the DK prices here. Yeah, he is the sixth most expensive guy on the on the slate. And above him, you got AD and LeBron, and we'll get to them later. But if they both play, who knows how much. They clinched in the West. And then you have Giannis. One, you know, they're playing Toronto, but it's, it's weird stuff is starting to happen with players' minutes. They're starting to get diminished. Coaches are playing it safe. Um and, and you got Luka Doncic, who's already out, and we'll get to that soon. So I'm looking at these, these top players on this DK slate. And you know, Jokic and Devin Booker are basically like the first two guys where I don't have any uh, bigger red flags about them tomorrow. Because like I said, with AD and LeBron, like we don't know. Giannis, soon enough, boot and holder is going to be like, all right, like 25 minutes, and he's not going to tell anybody about it pregame. And Luka's out. So Devin Booker is, is arguably like, one of the top two most expensive guys with no big red flags in this slate on DraftKings, Well, Yeah, for sure. Like I said, you know, we ran, I ran down the list. Memphis, Portland, San Antonio, Phoenix. They will not be resting players if they want to get into the playoffs. So those four teams, you have to feel most confident with their uh, expensive players. That's, that's just my approach. Yeah, so this is a tough game for me sitting here. 10.30 Eastern Sunday night to kind of pinpoint without seeing what's going on with Noel, seeing what's going on with Steven Adams. That news will be integral. At least it's the first game. So that, that that's something we have going for on the slate tomorrow. But let's move along here. Let's go Dallas and Utah. We're going to get a different starting lineup from the Mavs tomorrow, and they're going to take on the Jazz. And we spoke about it earlier that Donovan Mitchell is questionable, Will. So what are you seeing on FanDuel over there, Dallas and Utah? Well, I mean, Trey Burke is going to get 30 30- – 30 to 35 minutes. Uh, good Lord. He's a must play in my book. Um, I'm just going to tell you right now, if, if I'm playing on FanDuel tomorrow, uh, Trey, Buck, Trey Burke may be a lock button at 3,700. I mean, I'm just he, – he may be a lock button, especially uh, Seth Curry. I don't think uh, – well, Seth Curry is probable. So may, maybe Seth Curry might take away a few minutes. Maybe they play De- DeLon Wright. Listen, I don't know what Carlisle's going to do. But if I get, if we get news that Trey Burke is starting, because all these guys are cheap. DeLon Wright's 4,200. Trey Burke is 3,700. Seth Curry is 3,600. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith is out. Uh, uh, Luca's out. And Porzingis is out. So Maxi Cleaver is going to get some minutes. You know, will we have a Boban sighting again? Uh, if Boban is in the car, if, if, listen, if you don't hear anything about Boban starting, I'm going to be very inclined to get about 10% Boban when I know nobody's going to play him on this slate now. Um, because, you know, Boban is a walking 30. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm just not willing to plug him in later in the day when we get late breaking news. But if we can get 
an idea up front of what we think this rotation is going to be. I'm more inclined to play him if he doesn't start. Let me say that. Um, and that, that's kind of where I'm at. I think those are, those are going to be your main guys. Uh, obviously, you know, maybe you get a little bit more Justin Jackson tomorrow. Um, you know, maybe he gets 25, 30 minutes. Uh, maybe Tim Hardaway shoots the lights out. I'm not sure. He's been playing big minutes. So you got some value here. I think you just kind of got to uh, cipher through it. But Trey Burke, if we get word that he's starting, cl- close to a lot for me on FanDuel at 3,700. Yeah, and he's a big usage guy. You know, he likes to get his and without Porzingis and Luca. And it's tough to use resources. And, and sometimes when a team takes out their two best players, there's not a ton of hard data or the sample size aren't that big. So if you go on to Dallas and you take off all the guys that are, you know, besides Luca and Porzingis on the court IQ and you kind of wipe out everybody that's not with the team in the bubble or, or is hurt or whatever, you don't really have much of a sample size, especially with you know, Trey Burke being the late addition. And one, one guy, one guy that runs on the court changes everything. Now, people might not think one guy is a big deal on or off, but a guy like Trey Burke who, who could shoot 20 times tomorrow, maybe. It's not out of the question. Uh, he, he's uh, obviously – He's a gamer. He's a gamer, man. He, he, he's like Dylan Brooks, my guy, the guy, the poster child of the show. Went off today, by the way. <laughs> he didn't stop shooting. I think he was over four to start the game, but, man. Uh, 5% ownership, too, at least in my contest. Yeah, he's a guy that could go with three for 16 from the floor in the next game now. But, uh, you know, you know you sign up for him. But, yeah, Trey Burke, 3.7 on DK. I like it. Revenge game a little bit here. A little, a little revenge game, Mr. Trey Burke. Wasn't he a Utah Jazz at one point? Or did I, did I just make that up? Am I sleep deprived? Yeah, Trey's played for them. He's played for Washington. All right. Sixers. Uh, yeah, he, he's been all over. Kind of a journeyman right now. Okay, so there's like 5% of revenge narrative in Trey Burke if you want want to throw a little bit more in there. But, yeah, there's a lot of value pieces there. You look at Maxi Kleber. He's going to get a lot of run. 4,200 yeah, against for Utah. Sure. And, you know, Utah might see this and maybe limit their guys too. They, well, they talk. Go ahead, go ahead. That, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, we saw what happened in, in that game where, you know, Brooklyn decided to rest everybody. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Budenholzer said, hey, man, they're not playing their stars or any, and their main players. We'll just kind of let it run for a half. Let's see what happens. You know, if we're up, great. If we're not, great. They've already basically clinched the number one seed. I'm hoping that our interpretation of this game is right and that Utah just decides that they're comfortable uh, with their playoff spot. Me personally, I hope Utah loses tomorrow. I don't need them to pass the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am very excited about a Houston Rockets-Oklahoma City Thunder matchup in round one. Hopefully the NBA – you know, does what they do behind the curtain and say, hey, guys, we need you to sit all the jazz tomorrow so we can keep this these seedings in place. Uh, I'm not saying the NBA does tampering, so please don't go and tell anyone that we said that. But it would be nice if they did. I think this Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder in round one is going to be great. So I, I, I'm not as interested in playing the Utah Jazz tomorrow uh, unless they're trying to really improve their seeding. With Donovan Mitchell questionable, just rest the guy. Let him go. Don't. Don't risk some major injury because we're playing, you know, a, a wild card game. Yeah, and I, I saw Quinn Snyder over the weekend said that he wanted Rudy Gobert to be fresh for the playoffs kind of thing. So he was already kind of verbally implying a few things down the stretch that and these coaches aren't going to tell you before the game. You know, they want to keep the integrity there, but they're going to be playing some chess, you know, with resting their guys throughout the rest, you know, rest of the season. <laughs> Well, the load management thing last year with Kawhi and everything, and Adam Silver was like, you're going to get fined if you don't play your guys on, like, TNT or whatever kind of thing. 
Uh, by the way, did you see the Draymond Green thing on TNT? On uh, Oh, yeah, 50K. They've already popped him. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, uh, okay. they've already popped him. 50K. You, you can't say get Devin Booker out of Phoenix, buddy. Is that tampering? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> that was, I guess. That was, I was <laughs> laughing so hard when, when uh, Ernie said, is that tampering? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> I was like, oh, so that, that was yeah. pretty good, but – yeah we'll see we'll see but yeah a lot of value pieces there you know utah is kind of a tough matchup but if they're limited i don't really think it matters if you give me 30 minutes of cleaver who might shoot a dozen times with nobody else at 4200 i'm interested you know trey burke delon Wright, a guy i don't get right too often not that many people do 3300 like you said justin jackson got some burn last game played Play at least 17 minutes in two of the last three. You look at his game log, it's ugly as all hell, but it's going to be a different Dallas rotation tomorrow. You have to put the game logs behind you. Don't game log hunt and miss out on a value guy. You have to you know, do a little homework. You, know, you'll, you can see some nice minutes projections on the Roto Grinders tools tomorrow, great premium tools. Check them out. So, yeah, there, there's some value there. Uh, Trey Burke is probably my favorite as well if I'm – Picking one from that game. Tim Hardaway down to 5,600, though. You know, he's going to jack. He'll get his up. What's yeah. the over on FanDuel, Tim Hardaway? Is he like mid-fives kind of thing? Nah, uh, hold on a second because I looked it up. He's 4,900. Wow. I know I know they're a little softer in pricing, but yeah, he played two games against Utah this year. He averaged over 32 DKP per game. Shot pretty well. Uh, I'm okay with it. I like TSJ tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, He's been very sure. inconsistent with his shot during the restart, though. We I, all know that. I, I will say this. When you look over these games tomorrow, I'm just going to be quite honest with you folks. None of these games look like track meets outside of maybe the OKC Phoenix game. And, and if Utah sits there, guys, then maybe this game becomes a track meet. But Toronto at Milwaukee. And, yes, Milwaukee does play at a pretty high pace, and also Toronto does. But – those two teams aren't jockeying for position. Milwaukee already has the number one seed wrapped up. Uh, Indiana at Miami, Denver at L.A. Like, I mean, n- none of these games seem like anybody's going to be playing completely inspired basketball outside of Phoenix trying to beat OKC. So I just really want to put that out there. Like, I trust Phoenix more than any other team on this slate. I'm going to invest a lot more in the Phoenix Suns on this slate than I do any other team that's playing, period. Good point. They might not typically be your favorite teams to target, but under the current circumstances, you have to look through everything, look at everything through a different shade of of glass, I guess. Like, I don't know. Everything is just a little bit off. So like I said, we're, we're, you know, you said it best. We're interested in the teams that need to win, want to win Phoenix towards top of that list. Utah, maybe not so much Dallas, clearly not so much at least tomorrow or today, whatever day it is, Monday. You know, Toronto-Milwaukee, another team. What is Toronto's outlook? Are they trying to win? Are they trying to you know, get it together? Are they trying to pull that chemistry together? They got blown out by Boston over the weekend. I think that was Friday, I, I believe. But I don't so, think they care. They've already got the number two seed wrapped up. I mean, uh, and, and look, I know we've been talking a lot about seeding. I promise we'll analyze these games. But I think this is really important. Toronto is four and a half games behind Milwaukee with three games left. No, nothing they can do. Boston is eight games behind Milwaukee, four, which makes them three and a half uh, behind Toronto. Nothing they can do. 
Miami's 12 games out, four games behind the Celtics, nothing they can do. The only thing Miami and Indiana can do is flip-flop spots, and nobody has home court advantage. So it's nothing they can do. Uh, Philly's a game behind Indiana and Miami. Like, and then you've got Brooklyn at 21 and a half games out, Orlando at 23. Like, so in the Eastern Conference, no one's really jockeying for position. So, so there's no incentive to really go out there and burn too much. So I – I just think we're going to start seeing a lot of creative uh, resting of players here down the stretch. So I'm, I'm really going to start ramping up, you know, a different approach to these tournaments. Like I said, and I know I'm hogging up a lot of time. Sorry about this, Justin, but tomorrow I'm investing heavy in the Phoenix Suns and, and value players from teams that are resting guys. That's going to be my approach. I no. might have a Phoenix Sun player in almost every lineup. I probably will. You don't have to apologize. You have great analysis. And yes, seeding is integral. So it's not like we're not analyzing some of these games. You got to look at things in a bigger picture sometimes, that macro perspective. And yeah, you saw it a couple well, a couple days ago in the one Milwaukee game. I don't remember who they played. I'm on information overload the last two weeks. I think it was, I think it was Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn. Giannis was crushing first half. Doesn't come out in the third quarter. When Robin Lopez started that day. You're going to yeah, see a lot of that stuff this week. Giannis might start as usual, but he might only play 30. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't know, but it might be from Team XYZ tomorrow, like LA. LA has nothing to play for. We'll get there in a little bit. But Toronto-Milwaukee, it's hard to like the high-priced guys in this game because you don't know what you're going to get. Well, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, Justin, man, might as well break that down too. The Clippers cannot catch the Lakers. They're four games out. So the Lakers have no incentive to really play guys. Denver is a game and a half behind the Clippers. Um, And so with three games left, I don't think they care that much. The Rockets are two games behind Denver. Now, and like I said, the Thunder, the Thunder and the Jazz, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City is a half game behind Houston, but all they're going to do is flip-flop spots. And then Utah is a half game behind OKC. Maybe, maybe the Jazz care a little bit. Uh, Maybe they want to play Houston more than they want to play Denver. but. I don't, I don't see that. I think seven is already locked up with three games left. Um, so Dallas is already in. They're going to play the Clippers. And the Jazz are either going to play Denver or Houston or Oklahoma City. And I don't, I don't think they really care who they play at this point. So I, I think everybody's resting guys this week outside of Phoenix, Memphis, Portland, San Antonio. That, that's just my take on it. Yeah, I, I just quoted on a quick Twitter search here. Looked up a Toronto beat writer here, Josh Lewenberg. Looks like I actually did follow him already. Compile your bis- your list of beat writers, guys. This is the time of the year you need any kind of, of info you can find. Uh, Josh Lewenberg on Twitter said it sounds like uh, Nick Nurse plans on to spread out the minutes over the Raptors' final three seeding games. Thank you. Expect him to expand his rotation and maybe get his regulars a night off. So so it's hard doing this. And that was five hours ago. That was uh, Sunday afternoon he tweeted this. Obviously, you don't believe everything you read on Twitter. But any kind of information you can find from a, from a proven beat writer, it helps. It gives you an idea, and sometimes that's better than nothing. You know, if there's, any, if there's any chance that I know Kyle Lowry's not playing 35 minutes at his tag, I, I don't want him kind of thing. Yeah, hit the X button and load up Terrence Davis. <laughs> load up Terrence. It sounds so funny to say that. But for real, <laughs> this is the time of the year. Definitely follow the right people, you know, objective information like that whether whether it turns out to be true or not that's what he was at the press conference that's what he heard you just have to yes. take everything into consideration so 
Yeah, you kind of nailed that with your playoff seeding analysis there. That, that's going to be a tough game either way. Uh, you know, obviously two teams that know each other very well. And, and honestly, at this point in the season, when, when it's looking like it's possible, they are the favorites, you know, Boston, okay. But there's a, a good possibility there in the Eastern Conference Finals. I know you never know what happens. They don't want to show their whole hand against each other either. It's something to take into consideration. These two teams see each other a lot. Why, why give each other another chance to kind of get familiar with the personnel? Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. And look, I know we were kind of just talking about Toronto. I think this is a perfect segue because that is the next game on the slate. Toronto at Milwaukee, two teams that don't have much to play for. Nick, you, you, you said you, you followed your beat right, and I'm with you 100%. I think they are going to start spreading out minutes. You know, maybe they actually sit some players tomorrow. If they sit players, maybe Milwaukee sits players. And listen, folks, you might laugh at me about Terrence Davis, but I'm telling you, if they're going to start sitting guys, Terrence Davis is a guy I'm looking at. You know, uh, uh, Boucher is a guy I'm looking at. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Those are the guys you're going to have to start taking into consideration every day for this next five-day stretch. If you want to take down some GPPs, we talk about taking massive stands. Take some massive stands and fade all the starters and plug in some bench guys. And if, and if your prediction is correct, if you get the information and nobody else has it, uh, look out, you could be sitting at the top of a tournament. So I'm really going to be investing in some of these fringe bench players. And I'm not, and, and, and like I always say, you don't have to invest a lot. I'm not saying invest 20% in the Terrence Davis. But I'm saying when nobody's going to be on them, 5 10% of your lineups, not going to kill you. Um, and and kind of go that direction. And, and, and that's probably the approach I'm going to take this week. So uh, I, don't, I don't like this game as much as a whole. Uh, Giannis, Giannis is already GTD. They say he's probable due to a toothache, but we've seen that Chris, uh, that Steven Adams can be in and out within five minutes. Uh, if Giannis really does have a toothache, I don't see him playing 30 minutes in this game. Uh, so I, I think his last big game was against Dallas in that shootout. I don't think Giannis plays the whole game this week, uh, tomorrow. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. That's a tough game. It's getting tough. We're getting down the nitty gritty here. And teams are, like you said, you know, there's different things teams need to do, whether it's rest your players or, or stay fresh or, or you need to win. But the most competitive game by default tomorrow is that Phoenix OKC game. And this, this, I hate to say it, this game's kind of meaningless. Milwaukee, yeah, and, and, and look, I don't want to say guys aren't fresh because I don't want people to misconstrue what we're saying. They had four months off, right? But the real thing is, we don't need Giannis to have a nasty injury in a meaningless game on a Monday at 6.30 when they've got a huge playoff series coming up. Uh, I, I just think – and I, I actually think it's the right call when you get down to seating not mattering, where you've already locked up your spot. Nobody can catch you. You're not going to lose any leverage. I, I, I'm all aboard for players resting so that they can actually play in the playoffs and be ready. Uh, I, I mean, I'd hate – and I'm not predicting this, obviously. I'm not saying that. But I think it's wise for coaches to sit these guys last two or three games. Let's not have a, a, a massive injury that could derail your whole season. Yeah, and personally for me, I won't be targeting this game too much just because there's not a lot to play for. We're seeing some hints of, of coaches maybe limiting their stars and their starting lineup and things like that. Uh, if I'm looking for for kind of a, a mid-price guy who's young and is a a fringe rotational player in this game is Rondé Hollis Jefferson at 3,200, I think. And maybe we could find some more info tomorrow on what, what he kind of plans to do. But 
you know, you give me 20, 22 minutes out of Hollis Jefferson tomorrow, 3,200. This is a guy who likes to – he's very active on the glass defensively. You know, he could go to the cup. He doesn't need to do a lot at 3,200. So, but, yeah, I mean, starting lineup-wise, you know, typical starters, both sides of this game, I I might really not even have any exposure. And that could change if we hear some new things in the morning or around lunchtime. But for me, and I have to fill out the expert survey a little later – this will probably be my least favorite game to target. I mean, the Lakers play at nine, so that's tough too. But this is at least one of my two least favorite. I, I won't have much invested in this game. Yeah, I'm with you 100%, man, with you 100%. So we talked about the Jimmy Butler, TJ Warren beef before the show. Indy Miami next on the slate. TJ Warren suddenly questionable again. Jimmy Butler says he wants to play. So what are, what are your thoughts on this game? Is there a little something extra here with T.J. Warren? I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe that's the reason to invest in this game. If for nothing else, uh, T.J. Warren wants to, you know, win the bubble MVP award. Maybe he comes out and continues to play the way he's been playing. But this is another team. We talked about it. They don't have much to play for outside of trying to build chemistry. You know, Jimmy said he's he's going to play tomorrow. Um I will say, and I know we didn't talk about the prices as much in Toronto, Milwaukee. Toronto's underpriced, Milwaukee's priced normally. Uh, Indiana's still priced pretty appropriately, and then Miami's still priced pretty appropriately as well. Um, Here's what I will say. I think, you know, maybe if you think any of these games stay competitive, maybe you try and rattle off a couple game stacks maybe some 3-2 stacks or something like that with some of your favorite guys and then plug in your other favorite guys from other matchups. But I don't really have much interest in this game either, man. Uh, I may have some pieces, like I might sprinkle in some Brogdon, um, you know, and just sprinkle some guys. But I'm not going to have heavy ownership on any other team but Phoenix tomorrow and the Dallas value as of right now. Um, And that's just kind of where I'm at, man. Like I said, the games are going to play. Obviously, they're going to run the contest. But trust me, these contests, I mean, these teams don't really have much to play for outside of Phoenix. Hear me out on this. Just got to get this out there in the, in the existence. If Jimmy Butler and Gordon Dragic are playing, regardless if they play 25 or 35 minutes, it's hard for me to chase Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero at 5K and, and 53 on DK. You know, they might just see – well, Duncan Robinson will play, but he's very scoring-dependent, in my opinion. Uh, Pacers aren't, aren't the greatest matchup. But Hero Hero needs the run. You know, last yeah. week he was seeing, like, 20, 21 minutes. And, and you know, he was, like, 4K or something. So he, he was playing pretty well. I haven't seen anything that he's going to run more if they're active. So I think it's just something to keep an eye on, see what the, what the buzz is tomorrow with Hero. I mean, I'm sure some people are going to chase him. He's probably priced a little, a little nicer on FanDuel. 5,300 is oh. tough in this game if Butler and, and Drogic play. I'm not saying avoid him. And obviously, I think this kid's going to be a stud next year. You know, he'll find a, a bigger role. But for me, you know, I know people would probably ask about Hero tomorrow or in the morning or whatever. It's just tough for me to follow up with that, you know, if we're going to see Jimmy Butler and Drogic for at least 20, 25 minutes apiece. You know, Kendrick Nunn's not around, which helps him for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's 5,100 on FanDuel, by the way. Okay. So they, they've priced them up. Duncan Robinson's 5K. So, you know, they, they've already priced these guys up like you talked about. Um, I, I just don't see the incentive, like you said. I, I, don't, I don't see the incentive in playing them at, at these prices. Um, but what I will say is this. 
if you're multi-entering, I think you need to get light exposure. I do think you need – like the bench players are the, are the players I'm willing to take risks on now um, outside of the Phoenix guys. So I, while I won't have like 30% like I had on Saturday, I think I think 15% Tyler Hero is perfectly fine in this spot, especially if they, 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 they have a short leash on the starters. I think that's a really good – like really good uh, exposure percentage. I, I can get behind that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. this game. This game's a tough one. This game's a tough one. Obviously, if Warren plays, I don't mind Warren. You know, 8400 on DK. I will say though, if Warren does play, I like him more than some of the guys at the very top of the slate. You know, just with everything going on. Yeah, and he's down. He's 7500, I guess, because of the matchup with Miami. He was 7800 against the Lakers. He was. I think 8K or something like that against Orlando and I think 8,800 against Phoenix. So his price is kind of all over the place. Maybe he's going to stabilize at about 7,500 roughly, uh, which is where he is now. So I, I totally get that. Last game of the slate here is Denver and the Lakers. 9 p.m. Looks like LeBron and AD are both probable. Well, we just talked about Milwaukee being tough, already clinching the one in the East. You know, the LA's clinched the one in the West. And Frank Vogel said health is a big concern. So what do you do with either of these studs tomorrow, Will? Man, it, honestly, so see, and this is where it gets tough. Because now you're looking at a guy like LeBron, who raw points-wise is probably, if he plays 28 minutes, he can get you 40. 40 fantasy points. And I know AD didn't have a great game, but you've got both of these guys at 9,200 and 9,600 now on a slate that you don't really have any studs. I mean, you got uh, Giannis at 11, but I don't feel like he's going to play a, a whole lot. Uh, and then you've got the Utah guys. You got So there's, there isn't really any spend-ups. And I feel like 9,600 for LeBron and 9,200 for Anthony Davis is just close enough to where they could both score 40 and you could still take down a GPP with them because of the raw points. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just think, I think their prices are starting to get low enough where you can consider playing them. I'm not saying they're the greatest plays in the world. Um, at some point, I think they're both going to sit, but I don't think it's tomorrow, at least according to the reporting. And at these prices, this is FanDuel, 9,200 and 9,600 respectively. I feel okay playing them just for raw points. On the flip side of the coin, Jamal Murray. Do we see a lot of run again? Is he trying to get Murray back in? This guy steps in the bubble on the court for the first time, plays almost 40 minutes in a 2 OT game. Oh, Mike Malone. Uh, standard Mike Malone. <laughs> what, what do you yeah. – I mean, it's tough to get a read on Jamal Murray, and he's the last game. Uh Wow. I'm going to try to get some more intel. I definitely follow some of their beat guys and kind of see what Mike Malone's saying after shoot around or anything like that. We do know some of their guys that have been out are still out. Will Barton, Gary Harris. Yeah. So Denver, man. I mean, I, I would play Murray. If I know Murray's going to play, I like him at 7,100. He's obviously got a lot of usage going on with no, no Harris and no Barton and, he kind of, you know, he's one guy who, although we're getting down to the nitty gritty, he he might need to get out there and knock some rust off. So he's well, a guy that's still on my radar. I know he played two OTs the other day. I know his stats are a little inflated, but uh, I'll consider Jamal Murray if we can get the right news in the morning or any any confirmation that he'll he'll not be super limited. Yeah, and look, man, since we're on Denver, let's talk about the elephant in the room. What are we going to do 
with MPJ started. Look, MPJ started off slow. Yes, overtime did help him uh, on Saturday, but we can't negate the fact he played 45 minutes, ended with 47.2 fantasy points with Jamal Murray back. Once again, he did start off slow, but he was up to about 40 fantasy points. I think by the time that third third quarter, end of the third or beginning of the fourth, he rebounded nicely. So, you know, he's 8K now on FanDuel, and he should be. The question is, do you trust Michael Porter more than you trust some of the other guys? At, at the moment, I'm going to say yes. But only because I feel like maybe they're trying to let him run and get, get loose, get acclimated to the NBA game, playing more minutes. Harris is out. Barton is out. I think it helps his case. Um, when the, if those guys come back during the playoffs, I think we see Porter's minutes cut maybe in, by 10, 15 minutes. Maybe he goes from 35 minutes to 20 minutes. So I think they're, I think they're comfortable letting, letting Michael Porter Jr. run. I think they're comfortable letting P.J. Dozier run a little bit more, which P.J. was playing a little bit more with Murray away. So his, his minutes have already been cut, you know, a, a great deal. But I, I just think with those injuries, I still trust Michael Porter Jr. I don't like the price tag. I'm just, I don't like it, but I feel more inclined to play him than I do some of these other guys. I'm with you. He posted those numbers and went one for eight from three. Couldn't buy a bucket from three. He made at least four threes in the last three games he played. Yeah. So, yeah, OT helped him, but he had a poor shooting night from downtown, too. So, kind of – it was kind of a wash there, in my opinion. Double-digit yeah, rebounds, man. had a block. He's had a block in every game. He is what Denver needed, man. And, and newsflash, the Lakers' perimeter defense has been god-awful. Uh, it, it, it's been terrible. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to get better – but I don't see it improving tomorrow in a game that doesn't matter. So if they're going to just let Michael Porter Jr. get loose and come off a screen and be wide open, then I, I feel confident that he can make a few more shots. He's, he only went up $200. Uh, I, I like the Michael Porter Jr. play. I'm not saying I'm hitting the lock button yet, but by, by the time this slate starts tomorrow, he could be in lock button consideration. I'm just letting everybody know right now. Jokic, monster game Saturday. Yeah, overtime helped him, too. He was at around 40-something points, I think, before the overtime started. And, of course, he ended around 60 almost, 58. So, I, I, listen, I, I get it, man. I, I, I don't – like I said, I still don't trust everybody completely, but I do think Michael Porter Jr. is in consideration. Michael Porter Jr. Thir- was it 13 teams, including your Charlotte Hornets, passed up on him. Kudos to Denver's front office, man. Don't 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 remind me of that. I uh, I'm still I'm just really frustrated with the Charlotte Hornets drafting. Like, just bring me into the front office. I can help you guys make a few better decisions, and let's get this team turned around. You know, when Michael Jordan took over the team, were were you excited? Was he you know best player of all time? In my opinion, is he just not? Just not the the role he. Now I'm, I'm thinking about the Miami Marlins and Jer- Derek Jeter took over the Miami Marlins and I'm a big Yankee fan. And I love I love I'm a big Jeet guy. Grew up with him. You know, thought I'd be him one day. It turns out I'm five foot eight and I'm not as athletic as I thought I'd be. 
but <laughs> but you know, G, I'm like, yeah, Jeter is a front off for the Marlins. I, I don't know. What, what's up with MJ and, and the Charlotte team? Are you are you pretty much are you optimistic at all with him in that position? I look, man. I, I'm happy MJ's there. I definitely think it helps the team brand globally. Uh, you know, it doesn't hurt that Jordan is, is also the, uh, one of the endorsees for, for the Charlotte Hornets. We get, you get the Jordan gear now. Um, I think we've made some bad hires at coach. First of all, let me say this. I think we should have kept Steve Clifford. I, I think we gave him the boot too quickly. We see what he's done. Um, you know, down there in Orlando, Orlando was not going to the playoffs in fast anytime. He's able to kind of help turn that team around. Yeah, they're eight seed, but they've gone to the playoffs two years in a row now, twice, two years in a row, and we let them go for some for 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 you know a guy from the Spurs tree and, and Coach James Borrego. I'm not saying James Borrego isn't a good coach. That's not what I'm saying, but I think we should have kept Steve Clifford. We've got Mitch Kupchak there now, who's who's kind of a veteran in the front office. So I, I like the hires that we've made. Um, I just think now we've got to draft better. And I do think we've been drafting better. Picked up P.J. Washington, picked up Miles Bridges the year before. So I think we have been drafting better. I don't feel like – so, like, P.J. Washington is a lot different than Frank Kaminsky. Miles Bridges is a lot different than, you know, uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. The former regime that we had drafting players was just god-awful. But this new regime, I feel like they're making better choices. Now let's see if we can get that player that's going to take us over the hump. Chief, I'm backtracking here because I'm just thinking about what we talked about, about teams, what they're playing for, which affects who plays, how much, and things like that. So Phoenix is by far by itself on this slate in terms of, of who needs a win or who's playing for something. If Phoenix is number one, is there anybody who's even like a 1B? I mean, as of right now, I, I would go – so here's what I will say. Dallas is going to have somewhat of a normal rotation because they've got three guys sitting. So their other players have to play. So that's what I'm saying. Like, right. I mean, you know, Trey Burke is going to play. Uh, Maxi Cleaver is going to play. Uh, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to play. I think DeLon Wright is going to play. So, you know, they have a collection of guys and they're, and they're not expensive. So you don't have to worry about breaking the bank to get most of those players. So I think Dallas has somewhat of a normal rotation. Um, I think Denver with Jamal Murray just getting back. And having Michael Porter Jr., a guy that I think they're trying to maybe accelerate his development for the playoffs, I think they have somewhat of a normal rotation as well um, because they're already down bodies. So Torrey Craig's going to get his normal little bit of minutes. P.J. Doge is going to get his 15 minutes. Uh, you know, Jerry, Jeremy Grant's probably going to get his 28 to 30 minutes. And Michael Porter maybe gets his 30 to 35 minutes. Like, that, that's what I see from Denver. Even though they don't have anything to play for, they're down just enough bodies to where if – I mean, can you imagine what what a Denver lineup would look like if they rested Millsap and Jokic? I mean, they'd be they, – they'd I mean, they'd be down uh, so many players. They'd have to play um, Mason Plumley. They'd have to play some bowl bowls. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. Maybe we get some news that, that says, hey, they're, they're sitting. But if these teams start sitting players, then it's going to open up a lot. I mean, I, I'd be comfortable at that point having lineups with two, three grand on the table. That's what it would take, I think, to win a GPP. Yes, it's tough. It's going to be tough to play this week. Um, yeah, I mean, as of right now, I'm going to have the highest exposure. And I haven't run it yet, but I, I already know what I'm going to do. 
Phoenix and Dallas, I'm going to have more exposure to those teams than, than anybody else as of the news that we have currently. And I think it makes sense. I think you're on the right track. I, what, I just backtracking to other news that we'll hopefully get in terms of Noel and Steven Adams, Darius Basley, Basley shot 27 times over the last two games. Got a lot of run. Looks like they're using him quite a bit. And besides Mike Muscala, and uh, he was active for the first time today, or Sunday, excuse me, they don't have much when Noel and Adams are both out. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. I'm not crazy about Basley if one of them do play. Like, I'd much rather go to to the Dallas value than than take Baz, Basley. Is it Basley or Basley? I don't know. I don't know. Darius Miles, whatever. Um, if, uh, <laughs> if either Adams or Noel are active. Man, we could name drop early 2000s, late 90s basketball players. Oh, yeah, Darius Quint Richardson. Miles, you, oh, you remember that Darius Miles and Quint Richardson with the Clippers? Oh, yeah. The head <laughs> oh, pound thing? Yeah. Was, was, man. What was the uh, what was the Michigan State thing? Was that Mateen Cleaves? Didn't they, he do something like that too? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, it's gonna be a crazy week, man. I, I don't even know what else to cover now without news. I, I think we covered quite a bit. You know, Dallas yeah, Value yeah. gonna be popular. You know, depending on what happens in Oklahoma City, you know, Alex Caruso got 27 minutes over the weekend. Didn't do a lot. Needed three steals to get like 18 DraftKings points. I'm not also so sure that both LeBron and AD are gonna play. They're just too risky for me to pass up other exposure in these four games if I don't really have any flexibility at 9 o'clock Eastern. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know yeah, you can you right. can make the leverage point, but AD looked horrible over the weekend, too. We talked about him at under 10K and that leverage point. He shot, like, eight times. I don't know. I just feel like maybe he's passive. He's a guy that needs to be motivated. I, I don't know. Chief, well, anything else before we get out of here? Oh, man, listen, we got to hit this barbecue. GPP, food of the day. Uh, we're talking about some barbecue. Listen, I'm here in Charleston. We've got a lot of great places. I've got a place that's near me locally. Swig and Swine is the name of the restaurant, local-owned restaurant. Swig and Swine. Uh, so first of all, let's just say they have really good pecan pie. And I'm not even a pecan pie guy, but it's really good. Uh, one of the things I like to get from there, yes, I do love pulled pork. Uh, they've got really good mac and cheese, but man, they've got this smoked turkey that they make and they slice it up, bring it to you. It's like Thanksgiving anytime you want, but not that dry Thanksgiving turkey. I'm talking about a tender, mouth-watering turkey. Get a little bit of mustard-based barbecue sauce. Oh man, really good. Swig and swine. That's here locally uh, in Charleston. Love that spot. Uh, it's not too far from my house. Uh, there's another spot down here that I know Justin knows that he's going to. That that place is a lot a lot further from my house, though, so I don't get there uh, as often. But Swig and Swine people, if you're local in the area, check them out. Man, I love some good barbecue. That that's my Achilles heel. If I'm having a good day, good week at the gym, or I'm eating healthy, bar. If you're like, let's go get barbecue, I'll say I'll drive. Let's go get it. But yeah, yeah. So. You know, PA doesn't have the best barbecue up here. There's a couple hole-in-the-wall places here or there. I've been in Nashville quite a bit. That's actually where the RG headquarters is as well. Down in Nashville, you got Jack's Barbecue on Broadway, but I'm partial to Martin's, which is, uh, I think, right off Broadway. I think there's a couple Martin's, actually. Martin's Barbecue in Nashville is really good. And I will say this. I will say this. I mean, I, uh, look at me. I, I've had my fair share of barbecue. 
the best barbecue I had at, at a joint is, um, is actually in Brooklyn, in New York. I went to visit some family, and, he, and my uncle's a big foodie, and ironically, it's called Hometown Barbecue, and not, not related to <laughs> anything down. It's just kind of an independent place. It's in Red Hook in Brooklyn, if anybody's listening from the city. And I, don't, I, you know, I drove my bike there. Here I am, country boy, weaving in and out of traffic you know, in downtown Brooklyn. I'm like, you know, this barbecue better be good because I'm like weaving in and out of traffic here, risking my life to go get this barbecue. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you, man, uh, hometown barbecue in Red Hook in Brooklyn is, is pretty good. So you, what was your Swig and Swine down in, in the Carolinas? Yeah, yeah, Swig okay. and Swine. And it's locally owned, so it's not going to be anywhere else. you got to come here to get it. Cool. And I, and I said uh, Hometown Barbecue in Brooklyn and Martin's in Nashville. And I'm hoping we see some normalcy with some sports in the fall. And I, I'm, you know, I'm a big hoop head, but I, I love – I get down to at least the Titans game every year. I love Nashville. I love the city. I, I don't know, man. Here we are in the middle of August, Will, and – I know it's not hoops related, but what you know? What are your thoughts on? Are we going to see any kind of NFL? I mean, I think we'll have NFL. Um, I, I don't think we'll have many fans or any at the games, but I, I think you know that's the way it has to be if these guys want to play. I mean, if you want to go out and compete uh, and, and and play the sports you love, then we have to do it under the constraints that that we have right now, and so. Obviously, the sites are expecting sports because they've already rolled out the million-dollar contest, and I'm already planning to win week one. So please don't take away my hopes and dreams by canceling the season, at least not week one. And I'm not trying to be selfish. Obviously, I want the players to be safe. I want fathers to go back home to their uh, kids. I want husbands to go back home to their wives. Uh, But, listen, I'd love to have a season so we can continue to compete each other in the DFS space. No, for sure. For sure. Obviously, there's priorities. It'd be great to have some pro football. But if we got to do what we got to do, then it is what it is. Uh, I haven't done any drafts yet, but I do want to play some best ball. I do want to check out underdog fantasy. Heard heard some big things about underdog best ball drafts. Kind of the same people that did the draft app. They have a huge uh, 200 grand of the winner, $25 entry tournament over there. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to check out some underdog. Will you hear anything about it? Yeah, man. I, I uh, like I said, if I can if I can get on one of these draft shows with the crew, I, I'm definitely going to do it. So it should be should be fun times over there. All right, man. Let's get out of here. We covered a lot of ground on Monday. It's going to be a wild week. There's going to be a lot of changes, a lot of rotation news, and we got to roll with the punches till we get into the playoffs next in the following week. So, anything else? Well, are we are we out for the night? Nah, man. I am good to go. We are out of here. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a feedback. RG Premium Tools, they're top of the industry. With all of this crazy, ever-changing news, Roto-Grinders Premium, you will be one step ahead, and that's for sure. So for the Chief, Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. Thanks for tuning in to the NBA Morning Grind.